and Jennifer Connelly, although I cannot get out of my mind that she was also in Requiem, Requiem for a Dream. Dream. Yes, she was. Yeah, <sighs> traumatizing. Anyway, I just hit record. Oh, my. Hello, my kittens, my unicorns, my degenerates. Welcome to House of Heretics, the podcast where Timothy and I drink coffee and talk about bullshit for your listening pleasure. Uh, we record this every Thursday morning, every other Thursday morning now, uh, Eastern time at 11 a.m. And you are all welcome to join us in the live stream. This is a live show for paying subscribers. And then the recording is available for paying subscribers on Substack and on Patreon. If you are hearing this on the main feed, then you are hearing a preview. If you like what you hear, please become a paying subscriber at sacredtension.substack.com. All right. How are you, Timothy? I'm doing okay. We were just talking about Jennifer Connelly and her period yes. of roles that she's and had. David Bowie and uh and uh Labyrinth because I was I was explaining to Timothy before we hit record it's like you know how in the at the beginning of the movie Labyrinth whenever she turns around all the goblins hide in her house and that's what that's what the cats are like in my office <laughs> when I'm trying to get my space set up to record I have six cats and I will just see like this flicker of movement out of the corner of my eye and then I'll look and it's gone <laughs> and the cat has fled into the closet or whatever. I see you had a new poster or maybe I'm just seeing the side of the room for the first oh, time. Oh, that's an, yeah, the alien poster. No. So what, what happens is that this office is the dumping ground for all the decorations in the house. So when something gets retired from another room, it ends up in here, and then I have to figure out what I'm going to do with it in the office, which is why my office is such a clusterfuck of, like, weird, random knickknacks and paintings and all kinds of stuff. So, <laughs> yes, the alien poster in the background. It will. I'm, I'm going to pair it with the exorcist poster. And uh, make a nice horror background theme. Definitely the same decade there. Yes, for sure. But and you know that with that particular poster, that poster came out before the actual special effects came out for the egg. And so, like uh, the yeah, alien so, egg. So the yeah. egg isn't what it's supposed to be in the movie. Like the the right. egg on the poster isn't what it is in the movie. But brilliant movie. Everyone should watch it. One of the greatest horror movies ever made. Oh yeah, definitely. It, freaked me out <laughs> so uh speaking of horror movies speaking of that's that's uncharitable um have i told you about the 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 guy who reads my Substack? i love this person he's he i i i he i'm a fan of his i think he's great i just i just want to i just want to talk to him he in response to almost every single Substack article I write, will directly email me a Bible verse. Every, <laughs> every single time. Every single time. And so, you know, I released my article called The Limits of Satanism yesterday. He responded this morning. 
Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Oh, goodness. I think you should respond with Deuteronomy 25, 11, and 12. What, which one is that? <laughs> Hold on. This is lovely. It's a, it's. Okay. Opening it up because I want to read it just as it comes in the Bible. And I'm not saying this to pick on this dude. I like I've actually multiple times I've responded like, mm. hey, tell me about yourself. How did you find my sub stack? But like right. each time there's nothing. It's, th- so this I'll call him Bob. So, Bob, this is me putting out a call. I, I want to talk to you. Like, you keep emailing me Bible verses. I really appreciate it. T- mm-hmm. Like, tell me more. Tell me how you mm-hmm. found my Substack. Tell me why you read my Substack. I'm fascinated. Tell me more. Right. Well, okay, now this one's a joke. Uh, I probably had to find a better one, though. I When people ask what their life verse is, I like to toss this into the mix. Deuteronomy 25, 11, and 12. If two men are fighting with each other, a man and his fellow Israelite, and the wife of one of them gets into the fight, trying to save her husband from his attacker, and does so by reaching out and grabbing his genitals, you must cut off her hand. Show no mercy. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) So... (laughs) That escalated uh, really fast. Listen, (laughs) I just want... To I don't want anyone's <laughs> genitals to be cut off. Okay, I oh, okay. I just want to hear from Bob. So Bob, if you're listening to this, please respond to my emails. I want to know more. You are you seem very concerned about me, which I appreciate. And um, I also have to say it's it's really interesting to. I enjoy getting responses like this because it shows what my work looks like from the lens, from the perspective of someone who is very different from me. Mm. And so they see my articles, you know, I've been writing about a lot of fucking degenerate stuff lately about pornography. I've been writing about pornography. I've been writing about sexuality. I've been writing about masculinity. I've been writing about Satanism. I've been writing about atheism, just like all, all kinds of godless bullshit. Right. And it's really interesting for me to see how someone could interpret that work the framing, the context, the satin setting uh, that could that could create a specific interpretation where, you mm-hmm. know, it, it seems like some people would, from maybe more of like a fundamentalist, fundamentalist Christian background, would, would look at this work and say, wow, you know, Stephen is really searching and he's really suffering because of he's because he's searching and he hasn't found you know spiritual satisfaction which which can only be found in jesus christ and i'm like i'm doing great (laughs) like this is and and but because and, and to me a sense of dissatisfaction and a sense of spiritual dissatisfaction that isn't a bad thing that doesn't mean that there's a lack. That doesn't mean that there's a loss. This is just the fullness of life. This is, right. you know, being being um, a seeker 
and not necessarily feeling satisfied, that is being fully alive. And that's a good thing because being fully alive is about embracing the full spectrum of human existence. And so that's how I see it. But it's so interesting to to occasionally receive these emails from Christians or to hear from Christians and be like, and they're just like, yeah, you know, you're, you're, you seem really restless and you're really searching. And I'm like, you're not restless. Mm. Who isn't restless? Being restless is a good thing. Being restless means that you're searching for truth. And if you aren't searching for truth, then what the fuck are you doing with your life? Yeah, and I uh, two top thoughts uh, jumped into my mind of this. First is like I have the unique advantage of seeing you evolve uh, from being that progressive type of Christian to questioning everything and to, and to joining Satanism. So it's been like a gradual change for me, even when I do bring up uh, aspects of the uh, of the Satanic Temple that I don't always agree with, which is okay, mm-hmm. but. Um, I, I always thought that was extremely interesting doing that. But then I realized if I just go and if somebody goes and just suddenly starts reading your work out of the blue, they're going to be quite perplexed as to what in the world is going on here. Yes, um, a lo- they will be. And and interestingly, I'm now experiencing that with Buddhism, where there are a lot of because i i have written elsewhere what i mean by emptiness and and when i say i am emptiness because mm. i wrote in my most recent article i am emptiness and that's a beautiful thing that's a good thing that's a wonderful thing um and i got some really interesting comments in the discord server which were things like concept of emptiness as a form of self-transcendence just makes zero sense to me or people saying you know the concept of emptiness you know buddhism just sounds so bleak to me emptiness just sounds like depression to me and so there are there are buddhist concepts emptiness oneness fullness mm-hmm. um uh, dukkha, suffering, unsatisfactoriness, all of these, all of these different things that are so alien to a lot of people and, or, or selflessness, um, as well. So alien to a lot of people that when someone just arrives on the doorstep of you know my Substack, and they read an article, and I talk about emptiness. It just it is completely confounding to them. Oh yeah, and and from a Christian perspective, this is what I like to bring up. Like uh, the ancient Romans, when they first heard about Christianity and the practices they do, it almost sounded as if they were cannibals. Oh, absolutely, um, the, yes, uh, exactly. Because of the uh, the Lord's Supper, the communion, the Eucharist that they would practice, um, they had no idea it was actually just eating uh, bread and drinking wine. Uh, but for people from an outside perspective, it's like they would have no idea what's going on. It's like, what are you guys doing here? Yeah, um, there's so those those translation, you know, those translations mm-hmm. are always super hard. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, it it always. 
The only thing I know to do in situations like that is to link back to the previous articles where I explained yeah. this stuff. But it's, uh, yeah, it's always, it, it's challenging when stuff gets lost in translation. Oh, definitely. Um, my favorite, my favorite article for, or, or my favorite email from Bob. Hold on. Let me find it. This, this one was gold. Come on. Let me. Okay. So, so last week's article, I re- published an article called War at the Christian Borderlands, mm. um, where I talk about when my faith was dying, I tried for a period to carve out a non-theistic Christian space, which can be done and it does have precedence. But what I found is that that put me on the borderland of Christianity. Mm. And because of border maintenance, which is the process by which um, groups determine who is in and who is out because of the process of border maintenance. That just made life awful. Hence the hence war at the Christian borderlands. Um, and then I just walked away because it was too exhausting, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I I write about this experience, and Bob responds with this wonderful email: "Dear Lord." Thank you for speaking to Stephen tonight as you spoke to the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay. So, Bob, I want to know what it was about this article that spoke to you. Yeah. Like, like please, like, what was it that resonated? What was it that, mm. and, I, and I see this in, all, in actually a lot of Christians, where I will... I will write something or I will say something that like perks up their ears, you know, like, like the cat that hears the can opener. So they, the Christians heard the can opener open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so in what I was saying and it clicked and it resonated and they get really excited. So what was it about that article that got you super excited? Please email me. I want to know. <laughs> I, I, yeah, uh, what I've come to realize is it says more about what they, it's like what you're